Tonight, around the fire, as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us, to share the light and to share a story. An amazing story, as old as time itself, but still being written. Welcome to another edition of Storytellers, the Two True Freak show where someone tells a story. And if any of you have ever listened to our comic book show, Back to the Bins, you know there's a segment on it that's story time with uh, uh, Dr. Bill where he tells real life stories of, of his experiences, you know, within the show. And, and this show is sort of like that show on steroids because the full show is, is just, just stories. And... Um, well, you, a lot of times I've, I've told two or three stories on here, but I'm not telling a story tonight. Um, tonight, seeing as how this is the steroided version of Dr. Bill's story real time. Real life with Dr. Bill. Real life with Dr. Bill. We have brought the actual Dr. Bill to tell a story, so it's like exponentially steroided out tonight. This is could be like the ultimate ep- uh, episode of uh, Storytellers. How's that for pressure? Ah, I'm not worried about it. I know, I know you're not. Because I'm because I'm gonna do I, I'm gonna do Arnold Schwarzenegger the whole time. No. I'm just <laughs> And yeah, and then I broke his. I grabbed, I grabbed him by the neck, and I said, "Oh wait, wait, no, that's the wrong story." Oh. And and usually people come in and tell a story, but that's not good enough for Dr. Bill Robinson. It's not enough. He's going to tell us two stories tonight. And knowing me, there'll probably be little side stories along the way. That, that <laughs> yeah, you in, think? <laughs> interlink. I'll tangent away from my own story with a sub story, and then get back to the main story. <laughs> I have two, not one, but two. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Two a tales. Tangle of footnotes. <laughs> yeah, a footnote annotation nightmare. <laughs> Leg notes, right and left <laughs> arm notes. He's got notes written right up and down his left arms like a tenth grader taking a final exam. And then I start sweating, and I'm just nothing but a pile <laughs> of sweaty blue ink. <laughs> I love doing shows like this because I don't really have to do any work. You just get to sit back, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I'm gonna scooch up. <laughs> Gather round, children. Gather round. <laughs> Doctor Bill is here to lay some truth down upon ye. <laughs> well, the the two stories uh, since this this actual week has been very. Uh, Chris and I were talking prior. To the show proper and we both had some long weeks and 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 i've particularly had some long hours but never as long hours as these these two stories that i'm going to tell and, and they both actually take place back when i was in the navy see chris this is where you can now queue up in the navy and where this will be the only time TCs. that you will queue up <laughs> the most in the on navy. the nose musical bed that i could put on it yes <laughs> 
So yes, while I was in the Navy... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on! <laughs> but no, uh, the, the first story is um, about my first actual day as a seaman recruit. <laughs> nice save, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, that was a nice save. <laughs> well, it's better than the guy's name when I was in boot See, I've already tangented. Stop me before I tangent again. When I was in boot camp, one of the guy's names that I happened to see, because when you're in the service, you have your name plastered on the on, on your ass just above your pocket and on your on the back of your pants and also on your on one of your breast pockets. Mm-hmm. So I would obviously have Robinson and then I'd have Robinson across my ass, too. So <laughs> I remember walking around when I was in boot camp <laughs> and the guy's name was Seaman. So he would be Seaman Seaman. <laughs> Wow, I would be Seaman like, Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> Seaman. so yeah, sort of like the little Caesars of Seaman. Seaman, <laughs> Seaman. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of gross. Yes. Well, there, there you go. That could be for your that be your porn food podcast. <laughs> oh. First, we're gonna have little Caesars and then some Seaman, Seaman. Ooh. Anyway, back. Let's stay on topic. Stay on topic. So back in my in, in my youth before I. Um, uh, knew what I what I was going to do with my life, uh, uh, other than listening to Twisted Sister. Um, so I was living at home with my parents, going to junior college, working working at the mall. Just you know, no no direction. Just you know, going from day to day. And it became apparent to me that if I continued to live with my dad, that one of us was going to kill the other. <laughs> so, and also at the same time, I had no real uh, romantic uh, ties. So I'm like, you know, I got no woman. I can't stand living at home. And the the trifecta was that then there was a good close friend of mine who in the past I had had pretty strong feelings for. Um, she was going to get married and she wanted me to be in the wedding, and I'm like, I gotta find a way to get out of town. <laughs> I said, I said to myself, self, there ain't no way I'm gonna stand at this wedding." Uh-uh. So, looking at my options, it was prison or the service. So I decided I'm gonna just go in the navy, get a get the GI at least bill. They pay and, you for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm just gonna go get a job. Because I got no idea what I want to do, so this is what I decided to do. So you go through all the process, and it's called the MEPS, which is the I don't remember what it stands for anymore, but it's 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 the uh, oh military oh I remember military indoctrination processing center. There's, well, that would be MEP, MIPS. Yeah, maybe MIPS, MIPS. Anyway, education. Went down maybe? the MEP, yeah, station, station. That's it. Military indoctrination processing station. So I went down there, I signed up, decided, you know, they looked at my ASVAB, which is a test you take that determines what you jobs you would most be good at. And they're like, electronics, hey, all right, electronics it is. I'll be a fire controlman, blah, 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 weapons, woohoo, I can blow shit up. So, but before I had to get to that, I had to go to boot camp. So the time came back in May of 1988, and I woke up and I, 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 I had, oh, on an, a side note, then, as soon as I told all my friends that I was leaving and going to go in, in in the Navy, wouldn't you know, 
all these girls start coming out of the woodwork. Oh, don't go! Oh, no, I like you! And I'm like, where the fuck you at? That's how it always works. <laughs> I'm like, damn it! Now if you had a time machine, you could have just told them you were going into the Navy exactly. and not even exactly. signed so up. You, like, I signed up for six years! <laughs> Stop me before I sign up again! You just so, tell them I'll be in better shape when I come back? Oh, yes, yes. I... I I was in the best physical shape of my life right when I went in, and like the first, I'd say, year to two years, I was in the best shape, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> I was I was about 5'10", 170 pounds. Now I'm about 5'9", 280 pounds. <laughs> there was always a guy from high school, and Gardner was one of them, and uh, there was another uh, guy we knew named Pat Hummel, and, and Gardner and Hummel were the opposite. Scott was the scrawny guy in high school and Pat Hummel was the like you know chubby to like chunky guy and then you know they got they you know they came home ripped you know and that was their 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 revenge you know hi yeah. ladies remember me from high school <laughs> let me kick sand in somebody's face yeah so um you know i had a little some quick throw you know dates and stuff before I left but then finally it came down to the day I I, I had to go so I'm standing in my bedroom it's it's and uh, and I turn on my radio and the last song I heard as a free man was goodbye stranger by Supertramp. so I stood there in my bedroom and just looked out the window and just sang the song and then walked out the door parents drove me down there now both my parents had been in in the Navy and the Navy Reserve so they went down there. They they stayed down there all day with me. We drove down to St. Petersburg. So we're looking at like 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, East Coast time. This will be important later, but we'll get there. So about 6 a.m. East Coast time, drive down there, do the whole process, getting, you know, turn your head, cough, you know, with the Oriental lady with the long fingernails. But again, I digress. It was rather uncomfortable. You know, okay, you cough. <laughs> And uh, just checking me out again to make sure I'm healthy, blah, 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 blah. And um, now one of the things that my, um, my dad had told me, because he was a chief, was he said, when you go to boot camp, there's one thing you need to remember. It's just keep your mouth shut, do what they say, and it'll be over quick. You know, that's, it's, that's really all it is. It's just a big mind game. And, and he's like, don't take anything with you or just take very little. We'll, we'll send you. He, he, he said, because you're not going to need it. They're going to take it all. Anything you take, they're going to take away from you. And you're not going to get it back till boot camp's done. So all I left the house with was the clothes on my back, a pair of sunglasses, and a Star Trek paperback novel to read on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I walked into boot camp with. That's all you need. That's all you need. For, 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 for two months because I was going to be supplied with room and board and clothes. So, um, and I remember the book too. It was Time Trap. It's the one where they, the Klingons are trying to fool Kirk into, and this was not too long, uh, right as the next gen was, had just come on TV. So there was the peaceful thing with the Klingons. But this book t talks about how the Klingons were, they were trying to trick Kirk. They, they had Klingons that were taking drugs that make them docile. To make him to believe he had been transported to the future because they were trying to get like sensitive information out of him. Mm -hmm. So I read this on the flight out because <laughs> I had to fly to San Diego, California for my boot camp. So at some point in the morning, we get on the plane 
probably like the late morning, and then begin the long flight out to California. <clears throat> and it was rather uneventful. I finished my book on the flight out because we, we had a stopover in Houston. We had to stay there, or as General Zod would say, Houston. And then from Houston, we went on to San Diego. Now, I remember arriving in San Diego, local time in San Diego, around midnight. So we're I'm so I've gone through a time change. I maybe had a little bit of sleep sleep on the plane. And I'm pretty tired. <clears throat> well now comes the first big hurdle that you discover when you're in boot camp and in the Navy is how to pee in a cup in front of other people on command. It's not as easy as it sounds. Try it sometimes. Just you know, invite your friends over. Yeah, really try it. <clears throat> yeah. So now you couldn't go you couldn't get your your other stuff and go to bed until uh you peed in the cup. So we were all marched into a big open room. We all sat on the floor on X's and we're just sitting there with all our crap and they call us one by one and you have to go in to a bathroom and there's a guy standing there and you have to pee in the cup and you can't leave until you pee in the cup. And man, I couldn't pee in a cup. Numerous, you know, and I'm drinking water and everything, keep coming back in there. And finally, eventually, I fill the damn cup. So they're like, all right, you could go o- over to this barracks. And there was a bunch of other rules and regulations and paperwork you had to sign. So I didn't really get into actually sleeping until about 2 o'clock in the morning local time. And you're all full of nerves. You don't know what's going on, what, you know, what's, you know, it, it's very stressful. And I'm laying there, and there's a guy in the bed above me. It was it was like a double rack thing, and he just kind of leans out, and this guy would not shut up. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, what do you think is gonna happen? What is it? I'm like, dude, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Just I look, dude. I just want to go to sleep. Shut up, please." So sometime around three, I finally fall asleep, and I was asleep for a half an hour, and it was the classic. With a garbage can, with a, <laughs> with with a nightstick, and then they throw the garbage can down, and they're like, "All right, everybody out of rack, go, 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 go!" Did they give you the? Did they give you the drop your cocks and grab your socks? Oh well, Eventually. we were still, we were well. That'll be another side story. <laughs> we were still on the edge. We we weren't fully into the politically correct navy. I had the I went through act. I didn't think boot camp was super hard, but compared to what it would become afterward, my boot camp was, you know, not the easiest. And um, it came more, became, it was on the verge of becoming a little bit more politically correct because there was one point that when weeks, like about maybe a week or two later, one of our company commanders, which I'll discuss them in a minute, was was mashing us. Mashing means, you know, just basically exercising the shit out of you to break you down and make you tired. Um, for no apparent reason, you know, oh, look, the sky's blue, drop and give me 20. You know, there's, there's no reason for it. They're just trying to exercise the shit out of you. So, um, but he was getting a little mouthy and lippy with, you know, with the, the, uh, explicit language, we'll just say. (laughs) And, um, the battalion commander happened to be coming by and shoot out the company commander for his use of language in front of all of us. So that's really a step, you know, a talking down to. 
So, but anyway, yeah, back to the whole, you know, everybody go, 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 get on the line, line up by height. And you, there's a group of guys, none of us have ever met each other. And we all have to figure out who's the tallest and who's the shortest and line up in the correct order. So it's order. like musical chairs. Yeah. It's like, no, no, here, you, me, you know, you're all standing next to I'm taller than you. I'm shorter. And they're like, ah, get out of the ground. Give me 20. You know. So we finally get all lined up, and then we go to another processing place, and we're all carrying our luggage and everything. Of course, me, I'm only carrying a book and a pair of sunglasses. There's guys there with – you would think they were going to Club Med. <laughs> I mean, they got garment bags and other bags of luggage, and I'm just looking at them going, well, you guys, okay. <laughs> so the first place they go is they um, – you got to get rid of all your clothes, all your civilian clothes and everything. So you go in and um, – which I think these guys were scamming a lot of these kids because they're like, any uh, any cologne and soaps and uh, deodorants and stuff, you need to put in a box here and we're, it's going to get thrown away. And I'm like, no, it's not. You guys are going <laughs> to fucking take the cologne. And I'm like, bullshit. No, no way. And I, I had already been let in on the Iggy on the inside – information that whatever you turn whatever you give to them you 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 get a signed form for what you turn in so i walk up and it's i like and jail. i hand them, yeah exactly it's just like in the blues brothers one yeah. use prophylactic <laughs> one pack of wrigley's chewing gum or was one it chiclets? black <laughs> one hat black <laughs> of course that's my terrible frank oz impersonation <laughs> but um so I walk up and I lay down my book and I take my sunglasses off my head and I fold them up and I lay them on top of the sunglasses and I'm like, that's all I have to declare. And the guy looks at me <laughs> and he goes to grab it and like put it in the box. I'm like, no, I need a form for that, sir. Well, so when I get out, I get that back. And he, and he just looks at me and does like a, <sighs> he reaches over, grabs a form, you know, you know, you know, with the paper. Yeah. writing it out here thank you and then i turn and i look at, and i see these guys that had given up all these bottles of cologne and everything and they're like i didn't know we could do that <laughs> <laughs> now you like, know sucker, sucker. <laughs> so and i do ha- ha- have to say when i left boot camp waiting for me was a pair of jeans a shirt a book and a pair of sunglasses mm-hmm. it was right there when i left because I had my little release form and I was all set. Um, so after you turn in all your stuff and they give you your first um, – well, then you go to eat uh, and you line up in the chow line. Now, remember, this is still all the same day. This is I, I've only had maybe some broken sleep on a plane and a half hour sleep in a bunk. So I'm starting to get kind of tired and we're marching around, which was, it looks like a centipede trying to fuck itself. <laughs> Because we're all, you know, the front spreading out, the backs. It's like it's like a giant accordion, accordion, you know, walking around, march, 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 and I'm starting. I'm really, I'm really tired, and I'm looking at the guy in front of me, and he and his hair. He had long hair. I I had relatively short hair at the time because I didn't want to have the complete shock. Of going from because I had long hair, but I got like a just a regular short haircut because I didn't want to be completely shell shocked when they shaved all my hair off. Right. 
So I had caught it moderate. Well, this guy's got just, he looks, he had a beautiful head of hair. So I'm marching behind him and we're stopped and I'm just looking at his hair, looking at his hair and all, and I'm so tired, just so tired. And all of a sudden I'm looking at his hair and it turned into the face of Jesus. <laughs> this sounds like I mean, my storytellers. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not taking any drugs. Right. <laughs> Because and and then then I kind of shake my head head and I rub my eye and I'm like oh my god and it, and it's back to normal so we march you know we marched we we go eat we line up again then now we go and we get the haircut and they <laughs> go in and just zip 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 all your hair is gone within like thirty seconds you are you are basically bald you I mean. Because the very next shot, if 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 this was a movie, the next shot would be each guy, you're sitting in this long open hallway, and in each there's like a like in a football locker room. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got like a locker there. And each of us is sitting in the locker because now we're gonna be issued all the rest of our clothes. But each guy is sitting on a bench and every one of us is doing the same thing. We've got our hands on our head. And we're moving our hands back and forth on the top of our head. Yeah, I know that feeling. Because you've only got this little tiny nub of hair that's maybe a quarter of an inch long, and it's going pink, 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 every time you move it. But like, oh my God, where's my hair? I didn't know my ears were so big. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> but I mean, I was still kind of ready for that. I just wasn't ready to be so damn tired. So. Next thing they do is they all give you the your all your uniforms. You know, you get a sea bag, which I still have to this day, and you get issued all the clothes, your dungarees, your dress blues, your dress whites, your working blues, your working whites, your shoes, your belts, your hats, blah 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 blah. Then you go through the next three hours, the joy of printing your name with a permanent ink marker on every single stitch of your clothing. Now, my name is Robinson. R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. And then you had to put the last, uh, you had to put your company number, which my company was 096. You had to stencil that on every single piece of clothing. Now, this pen was not the easiest thing to use in the world. It's not like a Sharpie. You got to keep pressing down on it because it's basically under pressure and you got to pump a ball at the end sometimes and you're marking this ink on your clothes. And you get a cardboard, you get a piece of thin cardboard with, with your name, and you gotta rub it back and forth, and you know, and I'm like, okay, you should be done. And I'm like on the, I'm on the first end in my goddamn name. I'm like, God. <laughs> so I'm like finishing the S O N real quick and the number, and then I look over and there's like this guy three people down, and his name's Phi, P H I. Oh. <laughs> and then, then I look over at some other guy, and his, and this poor bastard's name is like Strep, Streptokousnewich. <laughs> Strip the couch into its steam. Yeah. Well, I feel sorry for you, buddy. <laughs> so, and they're, they're just yelling at you all the time, and you're just tired. And now you've got it. And so now you get rid of the rest of your clothes, and you're in your dungarees, which aren't, they're not even, they haven't even been hemmed yet. So you're wearing these, the, these clothes that have like the, they're so coarse, A, they can stand up on their own without a person in them. <laughs> you feel like you're wearing a tarp, for God's sakes. They're so rough. And they're not hemmed, so 
your by your feet they're rolled up to like this big eight to six inch freaking cuff at your mm-hmm. legs so your nickname when you're the new recruits you're called the cuff monsters <laughs> so your first day in you're the cuff monster so you're walking around with those clothes and then um yeah then finally we get to lunch and this is where i learned the term nut to butt <laughs> and it will and and, and and there's no mysticism or hinting meaning to that no you are nut to butt with the person in front of you basically you are right there how you doing nice to see you a little excited aren't we back <laughs> off so and you've got some guy who you'll learn later that this guy that's yelling at you telling you to get nut to butt is just some guy that's been in boot camp five to six weeks longer than you have and that's because there's a work week when, when you're in boot camp and this this guy is just a master at arms you know but he's he's basically he's some guy that's been given power and he's been suppressed for the past five to six weeks and he's right. going to take it out on you and he's get, getting his revenge exactly yeah so he's screaming not to not the butt recruit not the butt you know you, you, like ugh, it's so degrading it's like you don't you don't know any of these people and you're like jamming your junk up in their ass Okay, yeah, I, I want to eat, so I guess I gotta, you know, dry hump the guy in front of me while somebody's dry humping me in the back. Ho ho, lots of fun. <laughs> so, get through that meal. Still very tired, very, very, very tired. And we're still getting issued clothes, and and they're going over the basic rules and everything. And it's now, it's getting into the afternoon. And we're marching somewhere else, and we've stopped. And I'm standing there, and this is going to be the second sleep deprivation episode. So I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, I swear to God, I had spiders all over me. And I started swatting at them, and I jumped out. (laughs) I jumped out. I'm going, ah, ah, oh, my God. ah." And it... It, it only lasted for like 10 seconds and then I was fine. But they're like, what the hell's wrong with you? Get a lot of I'm like, I don't know, sir. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh. Because now it's been, it's been 24 hours mm-hmm. at least, plus a time differential. So it's been like more than that, plus like another whole half. It's been like 36, 40 hours that I've been awake. Well, plus with- you're completely out of sorts and in the beginning phases of basically brainwashing. That's what basic yeah. training is. It's, it's yeah, you know, cut and dry, you know, by the brainwashing 101, you know. Yeah, you're 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 being broken down. And, right. you know, but I've got the I had the extra added bonus of not having any sleep the day prior and coming all the way from the, you know, the opposite side of the country. I mean, there was a flipping boot camp in Orlando. Why couldn't I go yeah. there? No, I bet you that's pretty. I bet you it's pretty common that people like don't sleep the night before they're going off. You know, I would. I oh, probably yeah, I wouldn't was, have slept. I, was I would have been a bundle of nerves. of nerves. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, finally, you know, you you finally get through the day, and and oh, and then we got to meet our company commanders, and the first company commander, his name was Chief Sabat. Now, Chief Sabat was from the Philippines. I don't want to say the man had a speech impediment, but let's just say he was kind of hard to understand. And not being able to understand your company commander is not a good thing. (laughs) That sounds pretty dangerous. It almost sounds like you guys are getting trolled. (laughs) You know, (laughs) sending Sabat with these guys, this should be fun. 
<laughs> it sounds like a beginning of a Monty Python skit, you know. It, Louise and, uh, Bryan. So, <laughs> so we had Chief Sabat and we had Petty Officer McGuire. Petty Officer McGuire was a short Irish guy with a temper who one time during boot camp there was a rather tall recruit who he was actually trying he was trying out to become a SEAL. So we already had that edge to him, that rebellious streak. And he was about two feet taller than Petty Officer McGuire. <laughs> so McGuire's there and he's looking up at him and he's yelling at him. And he goes, get on your knees. I'm not going to look up at you. <laughs> he made this guy get on his knees so he could look down at him and scream in his face. <laughs> well, I had a run in with Pe- Petty Officer McGuire once. Well, so that was my story of my first longest day because eventually I got to go to sleep and it was probably one of the best night sleeps I had in, just because of from pure exhaustion. Um, you know, it was it was probably at least a good eight hours. But every day you were woken up, it was uh, just, you know, early in the morning, you're out marching, you're doing all you're just doing all the Navy stuff, all the training and all that. But but the, but along their way, this will be some of the side tangents before we get to the second long story. Well, we would uh, we would re- regularly get mashed, worked out, pump. Not not really punishment. It was just you know, it's they're just trying to make you strong so you can get through it. But you would sometimes fudge the system and know when you could get away. You know, like when when the company commander could and could not see you. Well, Chief Sabat was mashing us, and um, we were. I was in in between my rack, my my bed, and another one. And I could see Chief Sabat's feet by looking under the beds. So I knew where he was. And so did the other guys around me. So we'd, you know, he'd, he'd have his, he would be turned the other way and we'd stop doing push-ups. Yeah, seemed like a good idea at the time. So we, we, we wait, all right, he turns back, we start doing the push-ups again. He, he, he turns away, we stop. I look over at the guy next to me and he's still doing push-ups. And I'm like, why is he still doing push-ups? And all of a sudden I get a foot right in my back. Boom! shoves me to the ground and I crane my neck around there's Petty Officer McGuire (laughs) behind me and he's got his boot right in my back do you think they knew that and it was a trap they're just like yeah you know I'll bet they'll be watching us under the the bed and you sneak up behind them I'm telling you boot camp boot camp commanders they were they were trolls before there was trolls or they you know oh yeah that's all I would do if I was one of them is think up different things to do to you guys you know yeah so so he's he kind of leans down and he's still got his boot on me and he leans over and so it's like you know he's kind of pushing down on me he's like (laughs) you better start doing some push-ups robinson so and he kept his foot on me and i had to push up with him pushing down on my back (sighs) so finally after a couple he went on and he went somewhere else so but another thing they do to troll you I had my birthday when I was in boot camp. So it's after hours where we've got like a little bit of time to relax, write letters, read mail before we got to go to bed. And they call me up to their office. And, uh, you know, they're like, so today's your birthday. Uh, sir, yes, sir. Uh, how old are you? 19, sir. What day of training are we on? And I, I don't remember. I think it, uh, so it, it, um, it was like three, one or something. So they're like, uh, add those together. What do you get? And I'm like, 50 sir <laughs> and they just look at me and go begin so i had to get down 50 push-ups one <laughs> two <laughs> so i got my own private mashing yay, yay. 
Yeah. So, oh, another thing we had that was, uh, you ever heard of an airplane push-up? No, it does not sound like fun, though. Does it well, have... we were right. Well, we were right next to, um, right, right next to the San Diego airport. Okay. <clears throat> so to do, in order to do ten airplane push-ups, you have to go in the down position. They go, all right, ten airplane push-ups begin. You go down and you sit there. When a plane flies over, you push up and then you hold until another plane goes by, and then you go down. And then you got to wait for another plane to go over and go back up. You know how long it takes for 10 planes to fly overhead? A long time. Long time. Often we would not get to all 10 because we'd be there for like 20, 30 minutes. You know, guys are sitting there shaking, trying to stay in the up position. You better stay up, goddammit! Ah, <laughs> oh, but Chief Sabat. About his Sylvester the Cat-like speech impediment. <laughs> so, so was there I've a never... bit of s- saying it and spraying it going on? Well, him. not just that, but um, let's just say he had some very colorful terms, um, at least when you could understand them. So Did they all involve words with S in them, too? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of his, uh, well, well, I know this is going to have the explicit tag, so uh, I'll just blurt this out. Are you snickering I, at my feet? No, but he was like, <laughs> okay, you motherfuckers, let's get going. You cocksuck some bitches. <laughs> And the first time he started, sounds like he would be my favorite right now, right, right away. You know, you're like trying not to laugh, and he's like, "Are you laughing at me, Robinson? You motherfucker!" (laughs) Like, no, sir, sir, no, sir. I think you are. I think you. You think you're bad, bunny? Get down, motherfucker! Give me fifty. That's and when you line you line up in formation, he's supposed to look down and not see anybody's face. And he would stand in the front of the formation and he, and they always put the tall guys in the front. So he's like leaning up on his tiptoes and he's looking over a guy's shoulder. And then if he see you, he'd like point his finger up and like make a face and like point to the side. And he's like, I see your ugly face. You cocksuck some bitch. <laughs> oh, I, I miss chief Sabat. I really do. He was hilarious. However, and this will be the last story about boot camp. Because it's the most one of the most memorable and probably one of the most disgusting things that ever ha- has ever happened. Oh wait, I take that back. There's two stories, and then we'll move, <laughs> then we'll move out of boot camp. So one day, and I'm going to change the names. We'll just call this guy Bob. I'm not going to say his real name. Well, Bob, Bob went up to the company commander because we were supposed to be leaving to go somewhere just after we ate, and he said to chief, he's like, sir. I have to use the restroom, sir. And no, this was not me, in case that's what you're thinking. <laughs> it was not me that this happened to. Right. Uh, no, it, no okay. it, it was not me. No, no, no I, yeah, I, I, believe told, you. I would not tell anybody if this ha- happened. No, to me no, no. Was, I'm, I'm yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Bob told the company commander he had to go to the bathroom. And Chief Sabat's like, we don't have time. Get in line. <laughs> So we got a line, and we're out there marching. Because now we're not a centipede fucking itself anymore. We're just marching along pretty good. And I look over the guy next to me, and he's looking at me, and he's like, you know, you're whispering because you're not supposed to be talking to formation. It's like, you smell that? Yeah, what is that? I don't know. So we're marching. 
we come to a stop and then we get real real close to one another and oh, no. we were behind Bob. No, I see and where it's like, this is going. It's like, and then the guy turns, and I remember the, the guy that turned and looked at me. He 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 was a he was from the south, but he had like the effeminate sounding South draw. Mm-hmm. He's like the Lindsey Graham sort of. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like, like, yeah, he shit himself. <laughs> Pointing to Bob, and we're like, oh. Because not only were we marching, because we had left and we had been marching for a while, like all afternoon. So much so that, uh, well, also we had leggings on. You know what leggings are? That's um, those things that they wear over your shoes that you basically, you, you take your pants and you tuck your pants into your socks. Okay. Then you put these like uh, canvas uh, white things over your over your boots. It's it's like a guard thing. You would see them on guys' feet at uh, guard, uh, like on guard duty. You know, okay. to make it look all military like. Well, basically, if you shit your pants, <laughs> you had a closed sh- system, a sealed system there. <laughs> you've got a sealed system oh, right to no. your shoes, and a, and a and a gravity driven tube. <laughs> because your pants are tucked into your socks. And the leggings are wrapping you, so basically the shit would go right down into your shoes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we were out there marching for hours, and oh. we didn't even go back to the barracks. We went straight to the next meal. And I was actually behind Bob, we'll say his name was, and we're supposed to be nut to butt. And... <laughs> I'm standing there, and I've got one full body space between me and Bob. And the master at arms comes up to me, and he starts yelling at me. He's like, what are you doing, recruit? What week are you in? You know." And I look at him, and I point to the guy in front of me. I go, smell him. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, just stay where you're at. <laughs> oh, that, oh, man. Because <laughs> I'm like, you're I lucky. Get- I, I didn't I think that would be a game changer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I was like, no. You know, if I have to, I'll get a line and do some push-ups. I'm not going not to butt. No, thank you. So you would think the story would end there. It doesn't. We get back to the barracks. Word gets back to the company commander that Bob lost control. <clears throat> so from that day on, Seaman Recruits Bob's name was no longer Seaman Recruit Bob. His name was Shit. That's a witty one. <laughs> so Chief Sabat would shit, where's shit? Come here, you motherfucker. <laughs> Why did you shit your pants? <laughs> I mean, he just created the guy. He was like, well, sir, I, I told you I had to go to the bathroom. He's blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, all right, and this will be the final boot camp story, wherein Dr. Bill, who had chicken pox as a child... Ooh. Somehow developed them a second time. Whoa! I thought yeah. that only ha- I did not know that. I thought that only happened. Well, it might have actually been shingles, but that's what I was gonna say. If it came back as shingles, and that's usually like in your old age, but you no, know, I had chicken pox when I was a little kid, and I remember having them. And I had mm-hmm. a tiny used to have a tiny scar on my face. Yep. From where I scratched it when I was a kid. Yep, me too. And so there, somebody came down with chicken pox, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not worried about it. I've had chicken pox. And I was, um, I was three days from graduating boot camp, and I started to get a fever. A fever from what cowbell? No. I started to get a fever, and little dots were breaking out of my face. 
And the company commander's like, ah, you got to go to medical. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to get out of here. I don't want to go to medical. I don't want to go. Please tell me I don't have to go. And it was me and another guy. And the other guy was a black gentleman whose name was Howard. Well, the company commander had a funny name for Howard as well. You see, Howard happened to have some rather large lips. Oh, no. So the company commander called Howard Howard the Duck. Oh, no. And he also called him Lips. Which isn't an insult to Bill Robinson, though. <laughs> no, but where I'm going with that is that Howard and I both developed chickenpox and had to go to Balboa Naval Hospital for isolation for a week where we ate stuff from where we uh, got the candy stripers to get us food from McDonald's and 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 stuff like that. But the other bad thing that like I that I don't think you could really do this anymore. Like I'm sure there's no way you could get away with calling a black gentleman Lips and Howard the Duck. Oh, and I didn't tell you the other thing the company commander would have him do. Where's Howard? Howard the Duck, come here. Lips, play me a tune. Oh no. And he would and he would make him go Oh no! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. I tell you, it was in nineteen nineteen eighty eight. It was a whole different world. I just, yeah, I couldn't believe some of the things that I was seeing. I was just like, wow, okay. So anyway, Howard and I went to. Um, uh, we had to go to the hospital. Then we got back out, and we couldn't go back with our company because they had graduated, and we st- we had to get stuck with another company. But before we could go to another company. They had to place us in a little thing called medical hold. Medical hold is where they put people who are either like ourselves staying in but are waiting transition back to a regular boot camp company to graduate or they have a injury and they are going to be discharged from the service or C, they are batshit crazy and are going to be discharged from the service. Because Howard and I walk in to this temporary barracks that we have to spend like a night or two in. Wait, wait. The, let me guess which category <laughs> your roommate's going to be. <laughs> oh, no, no. There was no roommates. We were all in one big, open, happy family. Oh. One big barracks. So we walk up, and the master at arms for the barracks says, all right, I need your belts and your shoelaces. Why? <laughs> we're like, I just had the chicken pox. I'm not going to kill myself. He's like, yeah, but we got some nut jobs in here. So, yeah. So... <laughs> We had to take our belts off. We had to take all, you know, we, 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 no belt buckles, no sharp implements, nothing. We had to, it had to all get locked up while we were there. We spent like two days there. And, um, you know, some of these guys, I don't know if they just really lost their mind or if they were just acting out it could, you know, completely wacko just to, just to get out. I mean, some of these guys are like shell shocked. I, I felt like I, I felt like I, I felt like I was in one flew over to cuckoo's nest. I mm-hmm. was waiting for the giant Indian to come in and smother me in my sleep. Okay, because <laughs> I couldn't believe what was good. You know, where's nurse? Where's nurse Ratchet? Because it was just there's guys like just bouncing up on down on on, on their beds going, <laughs> and other people just sitting in the corner like rocking you know, afraid, back and forth. Yeah, rocking back and forth. They're afraid of their own shadow. And there's me and Howard are basically. 
we're like back to back looking at everybody else going we'll kill all these motherfuckers you know (laughs) (laughs) any one of these guys comes near i don't think we we slept at all we're just like you know you go you sleep first i'll watch your back then i'll get some sleep you watch my back and he's like you gotta rob no way man these crazy motherfuckers ain't gonna get us (sighs) so that's all i got for boot camp i'm sure there's more in there but Maybe that'll be a boot camp story for another day. Boot camp two, electric boogaloo. <laughs> Any questions about boot camp? Sir, no sir. I wanted to hear. Uh, I was just gonna say we should have uh, give everybody a little break and uh, let them go pee. Give them a little brief intermission, and then we'll rock it right into the second story. All right, we're back, and if that wasn't enough for you, you got you got more most stories. Yes, this is going to be one story, no side tangents. This next story is another twenty-four hour period story to where the most unbelievable series. You know, well, I I guess I'm just going to have to tell it because it's just uh, I've told this story many times. In fact, at the end of this story, I'll tell you the first time I told the story. <laughs> the story of the first time you told the story? <laughs> yes. Well, because it basically was when I finally got back to my destination after the whole hell- hellish day when I walked into my barracks. Um, a friend of mine was there who was um, my class leader because by this point I was actually in Great Lakes, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And I got back to the barracks and I sat down and I'm like, man, I've got to tell you this story because you're not going to believe it. And I just rattled off the whole thing. So – Shifting forward in time, now I have I have graduated boot camp. I went to basic electronics and electricity school, and I was now on to my what they call an A school, which is where you get your job, your rating. And I was going to fire controlment A school, which was in the lovely state of Illinois in Great Lakes, right on one of the lakes. My barracks was literally on the lake. And there's nothing like having to run a PT, physical training, which every quarter you got to like run a mile and a half and so many time in minutes and stuff. Running in that cold lake air, you know, you're running one way down the lake and the wind's at your back. And then when you turn around and go the other way, it's right in your freaking face. So, yeah, lost all that all that time. So, yeah, very, very treacherous place. And this will be the last side tangent story because this is a good one. So I had a McDonald's across the street from my barracks and I was rushing over there because there was a new episode of Next Generation that was going to be coming on and I was in a hurry. So I I go over there and this was back in the days where they had the giant Cokes. We used to call them the Kong Cokes. They were so freaking huge. They were so big they almost collapsed under their own weight. Yeah. Yeah, the cup. Yeah. So I got my bag of food and my Kong Coke. And it, and it was a little bit slippery, a little bit icy out because it was during the winter. And I'm running back to the barracks and I'm cutting across the street. And I either slipped on a patch of ice or hit the curb or something. And I fell forward. I fell f- – and I'm wearing like a like a, a, a black denim um, – not – well, it was like a trench coat but not as thick. 
it was you know just actually I had had that for years, but uh, that was just happened. I was in my regular clothes, and I fell forward with the food. And don't ask me how I did it. I have no idea how I did this. I landed on my head, did a roll, and stood up, and I didn't spill any food or any of my drink. That Navy training, man. Cat-like reflexes. And I stood there, and I looked at my food and my drink, and there was, like, three people on the sidewalk, and they all stopped and clapped and went. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) And then I just ran to the barracks, and I caught that episode of Next Gen. But... So anyway, up in Great Lakes um, at the local mall, uh, this is where I I had learned of Rocky Horror years before when I was still in high school, and they showed it at the local mall. And through my time going there, I had met a girl, and I we had you know just met at the movie only, and we decided, well, we're going to go on a date. We're going to get together with two of her friends, and we're going to go into Chicago on a Saturday morning when I head off. So caught a bus to um, the local mall and she and her uh, the other couple were, were there uh, I don't remember a- anybody's names anymore not to keep any you know or to protect the innocent just doesn't matter <laughs> because they're <laughs> trivial to the story so uh, we meet at the mall we get in his car we go to Denny's we have breakfast at Denny's you know nice things are going well nice day you know birds are chirping little snow there's snow outside it's a little cold uh we leave get in the car we're starting to head to chicago cops pull us over gives the guy a speeding ticket so it's kind of like oh man this is kind of putting a damper on the day you know poor guy got a speeding ticket you know blah 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 well we're still gonna make the best of it we're gonna go to chicago we're gonna have a good time so drive into the city and um actually had a really good day um, went to um, there's a there's a big aquarium a couple of different museums saw a lot of stuff um, and then later in the day we well see one of the other reasons we decided to go to Chicago is because we were going to go see Rocky Horror that night so we were just trying to do things to keep us busy in the meantime so we um, we went to a mall which this is the first time I had encountered something like this see in Florida all the malls are flat and laid out Right. In just one big, massive So they don't acreage. sink into the ground. <laughs> well, well, possibly that too. But at this mall, I, I can't remember the actual name of it, but it was like seven stories, and mm-hmm. it was very narrow. It was like it was just stores in a building going up with a big open atrium in the center, and I was, yep. I, I was fascinated by this. I was like, wow, this is, you know, I've never, I've never seen this before in my life, a mall that goes up. It's always been flat. Because what was weird when I was in California, all the malls were in San Diego. All the malls were open air. Because in Florida, they're all inside because it's so un because it's so freaking hot. Insanely hot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but out there, I'm like, wow, there's no roof. It's just an open. It's like a giant strip mall, but you know, on each side of you. It was so. Yes, I could do a podcast just on malls around America. <laughs> Malls of so, America with Malls Bill of Robinson. America. So, uh, you know, we, we went through the mall, da-da-da. Then we decided, okay, we're going to go to the Hard Rock Cafe. Now, this is where things start to change in the day. So we go to the Hard Rock, and it was one of us was not old enough to get in, so none of us could get in. But right next to the Hard Rock Cafe was the Hard Rock McDonald's. I've okay. never heard of that phenomenon yes, it was before. The, it, it, it was a McDonald's done up in a rock and roll style with all the 
the decorations and everything. So it's, it's going to be your second McDonald's so far. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we go in there and we have lunch, dinner, whatever, and I start to get an upset stomach, much like I did when... Oh, wait, no. No, no, no. That, no, that wasn't me. That was Bob. I mean, Bob. Was, yeah. Um, I started to get a, a, an upset stomach, so I'm going over the bathroom. There's a little bit of a line for the bathroom, and I get inside, and there's still a line, and there's there's a guy standing there. And, you know, I've seen movies, but there's certain things you just never think you're going to actually see in real life or have it happen and go, am I in a movie? So this guy's standing there, and he's got an overcoat on. He opens up his overcoat. Danger sign. Danger signs. <laughs> he opens up his o- overcoat and goes, "Hey, my man, you want to buy my? I got a copy of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. You want to buy Michael Jackson's Moonwalker?" Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. I, I really just need to go to the bathroom. Okay, that's fine, brother. Fine. So I get into the bathroom. Da da da. Come out. Well, because we were hanging out there waiting to go meet up with some other people to go to Rocky Horror. So I, I made a, a couple trips to the bathroom because of my up, up, upset stomach. On another trip into the bathroom, the same gentleman is there. And you think he would have recognized me from the last time I was in there 10 minutes ago. And he's like, hey, my man, you want to buy Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? <laughs> like, like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. Go in the bathroom, come out. Like another 20 minutes later, I'm back in again. He's like... Came at me like, no, I don't want to buy Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. I want to take a shit, okay? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, How many times right. have I had to say that in my life? <laughs> he's like, all right, all right. Then he slides up his sleeve. You want to buy a watch? <laughs> I'm like, ah! <laughs> you can time yourself between shits. So I go in, I come back out, I go in another time. Same guy is still there, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and he doesn't say anything, and I get and I get ready to go in the bathroom, and he looks at me and goes, you a Capricorn? <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't even ask, I just went to the bathroom and shut the door. This guy, just closed the stall door and sat there. This like, guy's oh my sitting God. out there thinking, maybe I should sell Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> so, finally my stomach had calmed down enough, and we left... The McDonald's. I really don't remember what we did in that part, part part of the evening because we have not even got to the really strange stuff yet. Evening goes along. We go. I don't. I want to say the south side. The south side of Chicago. I have no idea what side of Chicago it was on because we were in a not good area of Chicago, is what I'm getting at. And I mean, it was just very run down. So we parked the car and then we walked to the theater. Now the theater itself was amazing it looked like one of the 1950s theaters one of those classics yeah with the classic theater with the plaster on the walls why do i know it's plaster because there was big chunks of it missing (laughs) that had fallen out on people's heads (laughs) yes because like i look up at the ceiling and there's this big chandelier and there's sections of plaster missing and i mean it was beautiful but you could tell it was not maintained and, and, you know, it, it had, like, the big heavy curtain drapes that pulled back, and it had, like, a stage actually in front of the actual... It's like the perfect setting for Rocky Horror, actually. Exactly. Because let me tell you, if anything, I saw one of the best Rocky Horror picture shows that night. It's, like, iconic. And... But, the, but I stuck out, like, such a sore thumb in that crowd 
because there's people walking in that I'm looking at and I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking going, oh shit. I'm Brad. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I looked just like I would be <laughs> Brad. You know, because there's, there's people that are dressed full tilt. Then there's guys c- coming in that are like with like the punk makeup and the piercings and the hair all spiked up and, you know, with chains and leather and the three people I'm with look moderately normal, and I'm just like, yeah, hi, I'm in the, I'm in the military. <laughs> Don't kill me. I'm with her. <laughs> She's my date. I'm her date, yeah. So, before the movie starts, my old friend, the upset stomach, returns. So I, I go and I seek out the bathroom, and I find it, and I open the door, and I turn to lock it, and there's no lock. So I'm like, huh. And there's just a there's there's a toilet there in the in the room, and I can't lock the door. And in front of the toilet on the floor, because the floor is made out of wood, Ooh, there's like the wood's that's broken. Scary. <laughs> and there's just an open, open dark, dark, empty hole in front of the toilet. And I'm like, how bad do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the hole. And I'm looking at the fact there's no lock. And I'm like, what are you going to do, Bob? I mean, Bill. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> like, we're going to shit and we're going to be quick. Because <laughs> I'm not having some demon thing crawl out of that fucking hole and kill the, me when the, I'm taking the, a shit. The, the funny thing is, is I'm looking at your Skype picture right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which shows me sitting on a toilet with a toilet seat on my head. Yeah. Uh so I quickly, quickly went to the bathroom. Nothing came out of the hole and got me, and nobody came in the room. I'd be so, more afraid of the toilet, like, crashing. Well, falling into the hole, too. That's the I hole. was like, yeah. you know, oh, and, and, and I was in complete hover <laughs> mode, too. My ass never touched that that's, seat. That's like a be- nightmare people have, you know, Take it, taking a shit on a toilet that's just, like, with with a drop all around it. Yeah, uh, so, so go back out, watch the movie. It's like... Uh, Probably, oh, oh, what was really cool is that the opening trailer for the Rocky Horror Show was for Pink Floyd, The Wall, which is another movie I've seen on the Midnight Movies, but I'd never seen the trailer before. And, 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 it, and, and you know, it was that time period that The Wall, yeah, I, I know that exact time period because mm-hmm. I remember when The Wall went, you know, got a re-release as a Midnight Movie. and like, Oh, I, I saw that tons of times. Yeah. So, got... Watched the whole movie. It was great. It was awesome. And we um, we walk out of the theater, and it's I don't know, probably two two thirty in the morning. And um, we tell these other people like, yeah, we're gonna meet up with you over at such and such. Yeah, okay, bye bye. We'll see you. And then we walk back to the car, and the car's not there, dude. So we're like, huh? And we start looking around, and there's a sign for an impound that we didn't see when we parked. So now think it's now the year is 1989. What didn't we have in abundance in 1989 that we have now? Money. <laughs> well, that's that that true that 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 too. But how would you call somebody? Right, right. Yeah. So a payphone. You would have had to gone to a payphone. So we're stuck now with no automobile somewhere in Chicago with no car no cell phone cell phones wouldn't even be well they were available but we didn't have them and um 
and and we were very low on cash as well. So we start to, and now it's starting to snow. <laughs> and I didn't really wear clothes to be. It's like young Frankenstein. Could be worse. Could be <laughs> raining. Yeah. So now we are, uh, you know, I'm only wearing jeans, sneakers, a shirt, and my uh, the same black, uh, thin, very thin, you know, because it was just denim. It was not a heavy trench coat, just a denim trench coat. So I'm getting cold. Now, we start to walk along the street to look for a phone or a phone book because there was no number. There was no phone number on the sign. It just had a name of the towing company. No number. So we're walking, just walking. And man, I am a nervous wreck. I have a small three-inch knife in my pocket that I'm gripping for dear life like as people pass me on the street because I'm just so... Uh, you know, I'm in Chicago. Paranoid at you know. night. <laughs> I'm trying not to look. You know, walk casual. I don't don't look like you're walking casual. You know, so it's. Um, we finally come across a gas station. Now, the glass on the window was so thick, it looked like I was talking to the guy back in time. Right. Because. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, is there a person in there? Is that a midget? Yeah, it's like glass and a stop like artillery shells. And um, I'm 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 yelling into a small hole like, do you have a phone book? A phone book? I need a. And I'm doing you know, opening my hands. Phone. I'm going like to my ear. Phone. And I'm opening book. Phone book. And a guy looks at me. Would you like to have some orange juice? No. I want a phone book. (sighs) So buy some orange juice first. Well, we couldn't even get in the store. They wouldn't even let us in, in the store. Right. You know, you know, well, they've got like the. It sounds like oh, yeah. they've got the glass that would stop like anti-aircraft missiles. Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, so we had to walk walk a few more blocks and um, get the number for the place. We find out how much money they want, and of course, we don't have enough money to get it out of tow. Yeah, but I'm so, sure in Chicago they would have mercy on you and feel bad and, and <laughs> help you out. That's 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 what I heard Chicago's like. That's not the Chicago way. <laughs> I brought a knife, they brought a gun. <laughs> but we did not get mugged, um, and we were able to um, um, we were able to contact the people we were supposed to meet um, because we knew where they were going. We looked up that place's number, called the restaurant. And got a hold of them, and they came out, gave us the rest of the money, took us to the impound place, and we got the car back. So now it's like I don't know, four-ish in the morning, probably maybe a little later. You're looking We're for a McDonald's. <laughs> mm, I'm hungry. And, you know, I, I'm tired. It's been kind of stressful, and so I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe now, maybe I'm going to get some. I'm going to finally get a little lucky, you know, because we're, you know. You know, we've been smooching during the day and cuddling and stuff, you know, and she's like, you know, we, you know, oh, we can go back to my house. And I'm, you know, and, and yeah, and none of this unfortunate events so far are like your fault, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just been like, you know, okay, maybe this is still going to, you know, wrap up fairly good. So we get to her house because now it's like, I don't know, close to four thirty, five o'clock. Um, and we're down the street from her house and she's like oh my father's home oh i can't come home now he's gonna he he's gonna kill me if i come in this late um 
and she says to her friend, the the guy that's driving, she's like, "You got to take me to so and so's house, and we'll just stay there." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, all right." Mm-hmm. Still, not a big deal. She's just gonna go stay at somebody else's house. Cool, even better. Even no better, no dad problem. there. Yeah, I'm in, as Paul would say. So uh, <laughs> we go to this other little, uh, you know, it's just your standard nondescript house in the north. You know, it's got like the white siding and, you know, it's a two story. And we walk up and uh, before we get to the door, my my date turns to me and says, oh, I got to tell you something before we go in. Oh, no. And I'm like, never good. Never good. Yeah. Well, my my friend, he's he's a little he's got some things that are going on right now. I'm like, like what? Well, he infiltrated some skinheads a while back. Uh-huh. So he's going to look kind of funny. That, that's why he's bald. Uh-huh. And he's also a witch. Wait, Bill, that was you guys who stopped by at my house? <laughs> oh, no. Back in 1989? Holy crap, I knew I recognized you. So she's like, and he's a witch. Uh-huh. I'm like, so Wouldn't he's he a be bald. A warlock? No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Wait, wick, wait, wick, wait, wick, wait wick. for it. Wait for it. He's also gay. And I went, uh huh. Uh, and then I said, a gay skinhead witch. Then I said, Wouldn't he be a witch? <laughs> Just, <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's so funny. You're so funny. So uh, she rings the bell guy comes down or you know I, I, I could you know you can see through the window but the old style house is like the like like the three windows in the door and mm-hmm. I could see feet you know there's like a curtain in front of him and I see a light come on and feet and like a shape coming down the stairs and I'm like well this can't be as bad as I'm imagining it mm-hmm. yeah so the door opens standing before me is someone you know, about my height Who's bald? Who is draped in an American flag? Okay. That doesn't and sound like, very witch-like or, or skinhead-like, but okay. And I'm, I'm just like, okay. And, and so, she, you know, she tells him, oh, this is Bill, blah, 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 blah. We had all this stuff happen. And, uh, we can't go back to my dad's house. Can we just crash here? And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Da, da, da. So we go up upstairs to his room, and we walk in, and I'm like, I'm looking around, looked to the right. Was it? Was there a skinny Asian guy throwing firecrackers at the ground to twi- um, Sister Christian? Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like with the situation you're walking into. So we get in this room, and I look to the right, and I look to the left, and I look around, and I'm thinking, there's no bed. Where am I going to sleep? Like, uh, where are we going to sleep? And she looks at me, and she's like, oh, we're all going to sleep in the floor. Together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> take my jacket off, fold it up into a pillow, <laughs> set it down. They lay down. You know, he he was on one side, she was next to me, I was on the other side of her, and I just I I and turned the light out, and I just laid there. I just laid there wide awake, staring at the ceiling, going, "What the hell have I gotten myself into?" And and I. I never, I never went to sleep. I just laid there 
I watched the room slowly brighten as the sun rose. You know, <laughs> I just stayed with, I just stayed awake. Not that I was like scared or anything. I was just like, I, I just want this day to be over. Yeah. I'm done with you know, this. It's I, I am so over this. And then at one point, you know, I was like, you know what? I, well, this is before I finally just decided just to lay there and, and, and do nothing. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try to just go for it. And, and, um, you know, I'm going to try to make a move. You know what? Screw it. I got nothing to lose. And, um, um, <laughs> I go to like roll over to kind of like, you know, do one of the sly, like, <laughs> my arm. Yeah. as soon as I do that, I hear <laughs> coming from her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just went back to lanes staring at the ceiling. So now it's like seven thirty, eight o'clock. And, you know, I tell my date, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm ready to go back to the base. So she calls her friend, the guy that had got the ticket the day before and all that. He comes and picks me up. And I never really got the feeling he really liked me to begin with. So he says to me, he's like, okay, by, by the way, I had given up all my money to help get his car out of, I, I had no cash on me at all. And this was the day before this is, I didn't have a credit card either. So I had no bank card. I did everything in cash. So he turns to me and he's like, I can't take you back to the base. I don't have enough gas. I'm like, okay, where can you take me? I can take you to the mall and then, you know, you can probably catch a bus or something. I'm like, fine, great. Just take me there. So he drops me off there. The mall's not even open yet. Oh. So I sit out at a bus stop in the cold waiting for the mall to just open because I have no money to eat. I need a dollar. I need one dollar to get back to base, and I don't even have a dollar. So I'm just sitting in the cold at a bus stop just waiting for the mall to open so I can get warm. Finally, the mall opens because now it's Sunday morning, and the mall doesn't even open until like a, like – like 11's the earliest that you can get in so I get in there you know I've been out there for like an hour and a half and I'm freezing I get into the mall you know warm myself up I'm like what you know I'm like maybe I should just walk to the base you know it's it's only a couple miles I can just make it there uh, I don't know I'm just so tired I haven't got any sleep again you know uh, what am I going to do what am I going to do and then I look up and I see a guy going by and he's wearing his Navy outfit. And I'm like, fuck it. I take my ID out. I walk up to him. I grab him. <laughs> I grab him because he's wearing a peacoat, a thick, heavy peacoats. I grab him by the peacoat and I look him right in the face and I hold my ID card up. And I'm like, I am in the United States Navy and I have had a very, very bad 24 hours. Please give me a dollar so I can go to the base and go to sleep. And he's like, here, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, come with me if you want to live. So he gives me a dollar and I'm like, okay, now I can get on the bus and I can go back to the base. So as I'm walking through the, through the mall, I pass by the arcade and I've got the dollar in my hand and I stop. I literally stopped in my tracks and looked oh, in the no. arcade and looked at the dollar and it was like burning a hole. I was just like... No. What if that guy caught you in the arcade, like playing Star Wars? You know. <gasps> oh hey. Because yeah, I'm like, don't you do it? Like it was like there was another voice. There was two voices. You know, I I had the you know the devil on one side. Yeah, like you know probably looked like you. Yeah, go on, play that game. You know you want it. 
You've had a shitty day. You could bum more money. <laughs> and the other one's going, what the hell? The other one is Scott Gardner going, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Go back to base. Go to bed. So, you got that all wrong because Scott Gardner and I would both just be just <laughs> like, get in there, man. Get in there play a game. They got Rampage in there. Get your ass in there. Oh, yeah. That was out there, too. That yep, was a great that game. That was right yeah, so, that time period. So I, I, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> Literally saying that out loud. No, no, no. And I went out and sat at the bus stop until the bus came, paid my dollar, got back to the base, and that's when I walked in the front door of the barracks, and I sat down and told the entire story to my friend Scott, um, and then just just put it all to memory, and I have never, ever forgotten this story, because it's, it's not that it was the worst day of my life, but it was definitely one of the most strangest for so many weird things to happen in such a short period of time. So that, my friends, is the rest of the story. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me uh, t- t- tell this tale, share share this story with everyone. You uh, got to come I, I back hope... and do more. I know you got more, and I know you got. Oh, ones... I got other tales too ticklish to tell. Yeah, was, yeah, uh... and you know, or ones that are just too too big <clears throat> for the bins. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This one's yep. too big for the bins. They said it couldn't be told. <laughs> the story that couldn't be told. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Have you been, Lord, run my son, or oh, make my bed soon, for I'm weary from hunting? <laughs>